It is the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. Bring it on. would love to talk to you. We've had some amazing calls over the last few weeks uh, covering the spectrum of everything that can happen in the workplace from people getting uh, not nearly even close to adequate severance to people losing their job to uh, changes in the workplace. That's what we talk about here every uh, every night on Monday, Wednesday, the weekend shows. And, of course, Employment Hour at 30 happens on Global TV and CTV on your weekend mornings. Again, 416-870-6400, star 640. On your cell, if you prefer the toll-free route, it is one triple eight two two five. Talk in uh, in that regard. Your call's coming up here, but first, pal, the other week that was, what is going on? Hey, John, uh, barely made it to the studio today. I've been uh, busy answering questions, talking on the phone, yeah. emailing individuals with respect to their workplace uh, questions, issues. Uh, I, I love doing that. Uh, yeah, I'll always make it to the show on time. Sometimes it's cutting it close, but it's my pleasure to be able to speak to as many people as possible. About workplace, right? So please give us a call right now. Let's talk. Let's answer your questions, solve your problems. If you have a question about your job, your boss, your compensation, your severance, uh, your human rights, whatever it is, no bad questions. There's only answers and solutions. That's what we do on the Employment Hour, the place to get accurate information about your employment rights. And week there was where I always start a couple situations that came across my desk over the past uh, few days or so. Uh, first uh, situation, well, it's the time of year now, John, where uh, people that are seasonal, seasonal employees mm-hmm. get called back to work. Uh, this is the time, you know, uh, even though it's still not so nice outside, this is the time people get called back to work. Where I, sp- I spoke with an individual that worked in uh, landscaping for some uh, 11 years, and every year, uh, like clockwork, he was laid off in December, called back in April. Every year for 11 years did that. Well, guess what? Uh, this April, he got a call from his employer saying, this year we've decided we're not calling you back to work. We just don't think we're going to have enough work that we're going to need you. We wish you all the best. Goodbye so long. Uh, no mention of severance. And, and he texted his boss a day or two later saying, am I going to get severance? His boss said, well, no, you're not going to get any severance. You're a seasonal employee. We just decided not to call you back. So that's when he called me because guess what? He listened to this show, so he knew a bit better, but he wanted to be, to be sure. So, John, of course he gets severance. So what if he's yeah. a seasonal employee? He had a regular job. He worked from uh, April to December every year. That's it. And round and round we, he went every year for all these years. Now, this year, his employer decided not to call him back. We call this a termination, and our regular listeners know that. It's a termination. So, of course, he gets severance. So seasonal employees, if their employer decides not to call them back all of a sudden, yes, full severance has to be paid. For him, John, he was 50 years old, 11 years working there. He's owed about 10 to 12 months of severance, a lot of money. And I'm going to help him get that money. But there's an important reminder there for everyone out there listening. You get severance if you lose your job. Don't be hung up on titles, full-time, part-time, contract, seasonal, uh, whatever it is. If you had a job and now you don't have a job, guess what? You get your severance. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. More of the week that was is on the way. But as always, we go right to the phones when we can. Adam, thank you for calling in uh, right off the hop. How are you, pal? Good, good, good. What's going on? So I just wanted to ask, uh, my wife just uh, got laid off. So what they're offering her, she was an assistant for 16 years. They're offering her basically that she come into the office until July uh, 31st. And then after that, till November 20th, uh, she will get uh, severance pay uh, with benefits and uh, everything until November 2020. Is that a fair deal? 
So they're giving her notice between now and July. So let's call that, uh, I don't know, three months or so. And between July and uh, uh, November 2020, so that's another, I don't know, 14 months or so, something like that. So about 16, 17 months total. Total adds up, I think it adds up to 19, I guess. 19, okay, good. Uh, that's why I'm a lawyer, not a mathematician. Now, for, <laughs> for the severance portion, are they uh, giving her uh, compensation based on her total compensation, salary, bonuses, benefits, or is it just salary? See, they say that you can you get vacation pay, you get your health benefits, you get, like, as if you're working. Okay. If in that situation, that that is a good offer, and it's it's actually a rare situation, and our regular yeah. listeners know this. It's rare to actually get a good severance offer, but that is fair. If they're paying her for 18, 19 months, and they're treating her properly in terms of all components of compensation, Adam, this is a rare case of actually being offered a good offer. This is a, a good job for, for her and for her employer, uh, so it sounds to me like she's getting exactly what she's out here. Yeah, no, they had a good relationship, so... You know, um, I just wanted to know if I wanted to push it to February 2021, but then I was like, it doesn't hurt to ask. It never hurts to ask, and I think it's a good idea to ask. The one thing is, if they ultimately don't do it, there's probably no way to make them do it because what they've offered is adequate. But you know what? If this is a reasonable employer asking and, you know, expressing some concern that it may take her longer to find another position, they may well be willing to be reasonable and and give her those uh, those extra couple months. Perfect. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate that. And you know what? Follow up when it all comes through because, you know, I always err on the side of caution. When it sounds too good to be true, <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you uh, follow up, if you can, when it all gets said and done, hopefully it does turn out exactly like you said. one 821 5900 is the, uh, the, the number, by the way, to contact Lior. If things go south really quickly uh, in that regard, 416-870-6400-640-on-cell is the number to call into the show tonight. Love having your calls on the air. They have priority over everything else. Uh, Gian, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's going on with you tonight? Uh, we are running um, a game, like a, a, a sports game, and we just need to know, do we need to have the game day host or the cheerleaders or any of that? Do they have to be employees or can they be contractors? So mm-hmm. you're going to run some sort of a game and you're going to have yeah. people that are, are, are participating at uh, part of the of the presentation or the show? Correct. Uh, so... How often will they be working? How often is this uh, going to require them to to do a, their job? It'd be ten days. Ten days in over what? Over the summer. Over the summer. Yeah. And each time for how long? Two hours, three hours max. Okay. So in that situation, yeah, you can probably have them as contractors because it's it's very kind of casual, right? It's not uh, it's not long term, and and it's something that they don't have to do full time. They could do it on the side. So you could probably get away, quote unquote, with having them as independent contractors. Uh, and in that situation, that may limit any liability that you have. So yeah, because they're only working limited hours for a limited period of time, yeah, you're likely going to be able to have them as contractor, Jan. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. No problem. No worries. Again, you want to reach out to Lior anytime, help at employmenthour.com and one eight five five eight two one. 5,900. Uh, the week that was, you had something else you want to talk about, right? Yeah, John, I've been uh, practicing law for 16 years, been doing employment law for 16 years, and I've literally seen thousands and thousands of severance packages over that period of time. I, I, I can't even 
understand how many. It's it's a huge number. Right. But this one I'm going to tell you about, I had to mention, I thought John would really get a kick out of this. It's probably <laughs> one of the worst ones I've seen in, in all my years. So I, I got a, a call from a gentleman that had worked in a senior position, a sales manager position for 25 years. And he made a good compensation. He had a base salary of 60000 but his total compensation with commissions was over $100,000. He's 65 years old, and he was let go because of restructuring. Nothing that he did wrong, just a restructuring. Well, he was offered 16 weeks' pay, 16 weeks' wow. pay, based on his base salary only, which is 60000 And that was roughly about, I don't know, 18000 or so. John, he was owed 24 months' pay, Based on his total compensation, so the total he was actually owed is over two hundred thousand dollars, and he was offered eighteen thousand. That's a shortfall of Jeez. over one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> so I, I, when I told him, uh, you understand, you you're owed another one hundred eighty thousand. There was literally silence on the line. Uh, I had kidding. to say, you're still there. I don't know if he fell off his chair or what, but. Here's, here's the thing, John. I'm mentioning this because, yeah, this is an extreme case. Not too many people are going to be owed necessarily another $180,000. But what is very common, you may be owed another twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. Just like this person, you may not realize that. So do the right thing, as he did. Reach out to me if you're let go. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. Do not accept. Can you imagine if he had signed off on that paper, John, and no lost kidding. that? And then $180,000. Oh, my God. That, that yeah. would have been terrible. So now you know better. It's a crazy situation. The good news is, John, by the time uh, I'm back on the air, uh, or at least by next Monday, I hope to have already made some advancements in getting him that $180,000. Yeah, as classic as his reaction was, I can't wait to see the reaction of the employer when they get enlightened with the, uh, let's say, a little bit of shortcomings when it comes on the old <laughs> cash side. That's right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's That'll be out of control. I'll get to uh, Sam here before we break. Hey, Sam, how are you? Not bad. Yourself? Good. What's uh, what's happening in your world tonight? Oh, not much. Just getting away from the winter. <laughs> it's going to be a couple more winter. weeks, I think, but. <laughs> What's your concern? Um, just a quick question for you. Uh, firefighter in the GTA. Yep. And we have mandatory retirement at the age of 60. How can this be looked at so that we are not discriminated against age and re- working past the age of 60? Yeah, it's it's something that I've, I've seen before and looked at before. Here's the thing. You know, obviously an employer cannot... Uh, established terms that discriminates based on age. So they can't say you can't do the job whether you're 60, 65, 70, what have you. The thing is with firefighters and any individual that's in a a position where they have a physical job and, and they have a job where if they can't do the job, others can get hurt, others can die, you know, uh, the employer says, well, this is a bona fide occupational requirement. We can't take any chances that someone can't do the job physically. So this, they're saying this should be the exception to the rule that uh, you should be allowed to work anytime because we can't risk it. Now, if this ever gets challenged, could a, could a court reverse this? Potentially, yes. Because just because you're 60 doesn't mean you can't do the job. I know people that are uh, in, in their 60s and they're a lot fitter than I am. So because of that, that's not age is not necessarily a direct indicator of whether you can do the job. That is common with firefighters. Ultimately, it would be up to your union to challenge that if they decided to. They could challenge that through an arbitration, even through, uh, through a human rights process. Uh, and, and that's your only recourse here uh, if, uh, if your union is inclined to do that. Okay, cool. Thank you, uh, Sam. Appreciate it. Gonna be, I think we can squeeze Davis in here quickly. Hi, Davis. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Good evening. 
Good evening. What's question, up? Right? I was working sure. for a company for 10 years. They go bankruptcy, and I get severance and also EI. But one month ago, they sent me a letter say administration expense claim. So I'm wondering what is that about? Uh, usually what happens is if a company is bankrupt, you, you to the extent that you're owed amounts, you're allowed to participate in the bankruptcy proceeding as a creditor. Uh, to, mm-hmm. And if there's any money left, you may get paid. So that form that you're, you've gotten there is to to allow you to participate as a creditor. There's no downside in doing that. Uh, the chances of you getting any compensation is very small, but you may as well try. So, yeah, you, you, you can fill out that form, send it in, and at some point the trustee in bankruptcy may contact you if there's any money to uh, distribute. Chances are small, but you never know. Davis, appreciate that call. We're going to take a short break and wait for you to fill up the phone lines there wide open. We've got lines for you. If you have questions just like we've had so far, bring them on. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell or one 225 talk That is toll-free. We continue with the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio. Monday night edition, we do it again Wednesday night. The weekend shows an Employment Hour in 30. If you've not caught our act on TV, you'll want to do that uh, Saturday and Sundays on Global TV and CTV as well. Uh, email inbox, we'll be getting that if we got some time a little later on. That is uh, simply help at employmenthour.com. Hey, Rob, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, pal. What's uh, what's going on? Uh, I have a question. I am, uh, I'm an executive in an association that I represent, and an employee is leaving on their own accord, and we're currently in a pay equity review process, and they're wondering if they when they do leave or if they do leave, if uh, there is any ret- retroactive pay allowance determined, how do they go about obtaining that after they're no longer an employee with the company? They can uh, they can file a, a complaint uh, with the government with respect to their uh, to their entitlements, and they can get retroactive pay uh, through that process. So just because uh, they haven't uh, they've left and they're not going to be there during a review process, they can still file a complaint that they weren't getting paid properly. That Others uh, were getting paid more doing the same job, et cetera, and they could get paid retroactively if they so choose to to, uh, to pursue it. Rob, appreciate the call. Moving on. Got uh, lots to go through. Hey, Mike, uh, thank you for hanging on. How are you tonight? Good, and yourself? Good, pal. What's, uh, what's going on? So I've worked for a large retailer in Canada for the last 30 years, hmm. and they recently have changed their full-time status and um, we, across, the comp- across the country, and we are now... Uh, not guaranteed 37 and a half hours, and they basically it affects our our vacation time as well. And they basically have only given us six weeks to adjust to this. I'm just wondering if that's if that's legit, and they can do that. So you're saying that you're no longer guaranteed, but you don't actually know what kind of hours you're going to have. Is that right? Well, we'll have at least 28 hours minimum. Yes, and. That can fluctuate from week to week. It could be 28 to 40 hours, and that can change every week. So here's how that works. Once that happens, once you see that, because it's it's also possible, by the way, that despite this, they're going to still give you about 35, 37, 38 hours, kind of like you're used to. But but if in fact they're going to give you less hours, even if it's you know not every week, sometimes that is obviously a change in the terms of your employment, which means you could potentially then treat that as a constructive dismissal. Anytime a company changes your terms in a significant way, that is a constructive dismissal. And if you're going to go from an average of 37 hours to an average of 29 hours uh, a week, well, that's you know almost 30 percent right there. That that's a significant change, uh, and uh, you could treat that as a constructive dismissal. Now, how long have you been with this company? Uh, 30 years. Wow. So wow. 
you could be owed easily if you decide to treat this as a constructive dismissal, up to two years' pain. Okay. Up to two years' pain. So now the problem is this. If you say, well, I'm going to try this out and see what happens, you can and you should try it out, but you can't try it out for too long. What I mean by that is you're going to wait the six weeks, see what happens, and then I would give it two, three weeks, four weeks tops. And after that, if you continue working, you're going to be considered to have accepted this new situation, and then you're stuck, then you can't do anything about it. So you can wait two, three, four weeks to see how the hours actually are affected, because, again, maybe they won't be. But if the hours really are affected, you can treat that as a constructive dismissal. They don't have a right to do that. doesn't matter if they gave you six weeks. doesn't matter if they had given you 10 weeks. Uh, so you have a right to treat that as a constructive dismissal, Mike, if, in fact, your hours get changed. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it, Mike. You want to uh, follow up after that? It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com through email. Uh, but for the remainder of this show tonight, lots of time for you to call in and get your questions answered. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell and one triple eight two two five talk. That number is toll free. Moving on to uh, to Peter. Hey, Peter. Good evening. Good evening. What's going How are on you today? We're doing great, good, Peter. What's, uh, what's happening with you? Uh, just a quick question about that uh, firefighter that had mandatory retirement at the age of 60. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. If he goes to his union and the union says, no, we don't want to take this fight on, he can still file human rights himself as well as file against the union for failure to represent? So, yeah, arguably, if it's, if it's just strictly a human rights issue, he does have the ability to file on his own. But with respect to uh, filing a complaint against the union, yeah, you can do that. It's called a duty of fair representation complaint. You can file a complaint with the labor board against the union if they're not doing their job. Here's the thing. In 99% of the time, that's a huge, massive waste of time. Those types of complaints are almost never successful, and I doubt they would be successful in this case. Hypothetically, theoretically, yes, you can do that. Uh, I, I, you know, in the years that I've been practicing, I've never really seen it being successful. Uh, but yeah, if it's a human rights issue, he may be able to do it him, uh, himself. Uh, if there's no other issue that uh, is filed with a grievance, then he could potentially file a human rights complaint on his own. Yeah, but usually the the unions don't like those things be filed against them anyhow. So yeah, you're right. So that may give yeah, the, the, it might, and hopefully the union will step up to the plate. I, 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 something tells me because this is such an established thing with with firefighters that the union may not yeah. in this particular situation, but theoretically they could. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Appreciate it, Peter. Moving on to uh, Scott. Hey, Scott. Good evening. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. No worries. What's up? Okay, quick. I'm, I'm calling on behalf of my uh, my child, who a teenager who works part time. Sure. So he works at a he works at a, a, a well established place, and they have the employees on call. So, say he's got a, a shift on a Saturday, and they put him on call. That way, if someone calls in sick, they just give him a call and say, "Hey, so and so called in sick. You're up." And then the person is expected to come in and fill that person's shift, which is fine, of course. But they don't offer any compensation for being on call. You're, you're simply compensated for when you come in and you work your, say, eight-hour shift. And I thought, that doesn't seem right to not be compensated for holding yourself at bay on call. So that's my question. Yeah, no, of course, of course, uh, it's it's uh, it's not right, of course, and that they they do have to provide the uh, the the on call pay as well. Uh, and you know, there's a minimum that they have to pay. So we, the problem here is a practical one. It's not a legal one, and that is 
he his only recourse is to file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. But it's not his only recourse; it's his best recourse. And you know, as you can imagine, you know, for a younger guy working, that may make it uncomfortable for him. He may not want to do that because it, you know, it's going to cause conflict with his employer. But you're right; they have to pay uh, because you're, you're if you're mandatory on call, you have to be available. Yes, they have to pay you. Uh, so yes, they're not doing it right. They're probably assuming they can get away with that. And his recourse is to file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor, and he could potentially also get retroactive pay in doing that. Oh, perfect. Because yeah, I mean, it's been the the standard practice, and he's been there for I think a couple of years. So yeah, okay. So Ministry of Labor then? You got it. Ministry of Labor for that. That's exactly what they do. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell to call in this evening for the show one triple eight two two five talk. That number is uh, toll free. I think we got Chris right over the top here. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, brother. What's uh, what's going on with you tonight? So, just uh, curious. So, um, I've been uh, recent. I was a problem a project manager. I've, I've been at the company mm. for three and a half years. Uh, my counterpart, he's also project manager, same roles, responsibilities, been there about five years. Uh, they recently hired another um, uh, individual on the team and uh, gave them the title of senior manager, which didn't exist before. And they're doing the roles and responsibilities exactly the same as us. So I complained about that, and they agreed to make us all now senior managers, which is great, I guess. Um, but the problem now is that we believe this this new person that they hired is making more money than the two of us. So we're wondering if that's uh, if there's any recourse there, if, there's, if that's fair. It doesn't seem fair, but uh, I'm just wondering what the legalities are around that. Sure. So so let's kind of make it very clear. It's absolutely not fair. But the real question is, is it legal? And, and it is legal in the sense that there's no obligation at this point to pay you the same. You know, for example, he may have negotiated better or maybe he, they figured that figured that he has a certain experience that they really want to make sure that he's happy. That, that's not fair. It's not right. But legally speaking, they can do that. Now, they can't do that based on discriminatory reasons. So they can't pay him more uh, because of because he's younger, or they can't pay him more because they think that he's healthier than you are, you know, or maybe you have a medical condition. They can't do that. But just for other reasons, they can. Uh, and again, not fair, not going to make you happy, but not probably something that you can do anything about from a legal standpoint. Okay, so even though the role is exactly the same, we're all doing the same job, and the two of us have more tenure, um, they decided to hire this new person on at more money. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing really we can do about. Unfortunately, it. not. No, unfortunately, there's nothing that you'd be able, other than to talk to your employer about about fairness, which I think you absolutely should do, and and a reasonable oh, employer is going to do something about it. From a uh, strictly a legal standpoint, no, you're not going to be able to do anything about it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, I appreciate that. No problem. Appreciate the call. Uh, thank you. We're going to move on to uh, to Mike here. Hey, Mike, how are you? Good. How are you today? Good, pal. What's uh, what's going on with you tonight? What's your question? Uh, my main question is, if I was employed last year with a company before winter, last season, are they obligated mm-hmm. to give me a call this season to again? So, was last season the first time you ever worked with them? Yes. And when when you left or when they uh, laid you off for the season, for, for the off-season, what, what was said? What was the agreement? That they're going to call you back? That they'll see? What uh, was yeah, the deal? That's what they said. They said they'd give me a call. 
But I was, uh, my main question is, are they obligated to, is that their legal, is it a legal statement? So it really comes down to what what the agreement was when you were hired or at the very least when they laid you off. And and what I mean by that is if the agreement was, yes, you have a job here, it's not just for this one season, you have a job here moving forward, then yes, they have to give you a call. And and if they don't, that's a termination and they have to pay you severance. On the other hand, if it was, we're going to hire you for the season and then see what happens next year then, yeah, they don't have to give you a call, especially when this, you only work the one season, so there's no history of calling you back. So that's what I'm saying. It really comes down to what the agreement was when you were hired or when they let you off for the season. If there was an agreement, even if it's a verbal right. one, that they're going to call you back, then, yeah, they have to. Otherwise, they have to pay you a severance, Mike. Yes. Is a, a legal, uh, is a, a verbal agreement legal? Yes, it's, it's verbal. Now, the problem with the verbal agreement, it's absolutely 100% legal. The problem with it is sometimes it can become a he said, she said. They may deny it. You may say yes. They may say no. But to the extent that you can prove what was said, it is absolutely right. legal as, as if it was written on a piece of paper. All right. That's great. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Follow up if you uh, you need to, one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior and that team. It is help at employmenthour.com through email as well. So there is still plenty of time for you to call in tonight on this show and ask your questions just like we've been doing since uh, really the first couple minutes tonight, which is fantastic. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You have the option of one 225 talk That is toll free. Uh, another Mike. Hey, Mike, good evening. Hello, how are you doing? Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's going on? Uh, one quick question. Um, I'm registered as a senior driver for this company. I've been there for about two years and a half. And uh, about three weeks ago, I was sick. And uh, uh, well, the, the, the manager, um, he pretty much um, he tried to make me go to work, even though I was sick. Uh, I did not go to work because I was sick. Uh, I have to drive a truck, uh, so I couldn't take medication and drive. It wasn't safe. Uh, so he proceeded to take one day off from my from my weekly uh, uh, schedule. So now I'm working one day less every single week, and I just want to know what my rights were. <clears throat> Absolutely, Mike. So obviously that's that's not right. You know, it's not right from a, a fairness and an ethical standpoint, but it's also not right from a legal standpoint. Regardless of the reason, they don't have the right to change your pay and, or to change your days. They can't do that. That's a constructive dismissal. So just by doing that, now you have the option to accept this new schedule and to work the four days or whatever it is, or you can say, I'm not accepting this. I'm going to leave and I'm going to make you pay me my severance. That's what we call a constructive dismissal. Now, even beyond that, the fact that you were sick, there could be a, some, a, a, situa- a potentially a human rights issue here as well if you're being cut off because you were sick. But aside from that, the kind of the obvious thing here is a constructive dismissal. You've been there for three years. Uh, almost three years, two years and about eight months, and they also hired uh, a third driver, uh, so that way they can take on, and just in case I got sick, they said they could have right. someone else, uh, they're giving them my day and a few other days as well. Now, Mike, how uh, old are you, Mike? Uh, me, I'm 40. So you'd be owed about four months' pay, okay? So you know, up to up to four months' pay is what they would owe you if you decide to treat this as a constructive dismissal. Now, you have a very short period of time to make that decision, probably a couple of weeks, that's it. After that, you're going to be considered to have accepted this new schedule of yours. If you decide, Mike, you want to treat this as a constructive dismissal, you're not happy with this, you're not going to accept this, you want your severance, I want you to give me a call, let's you and I talk as soon as possible, and I'll help you get that severance. Okay, thank you so much. Thank Thank you, Mike.
Bye-bye. Thanks, Mike. Here it is, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Write that down. Keep it as well. Help at employmenthour.com to reach out through email. But to call us here for the remainder of this show tonight, simple 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, and one 225 talk That number is toll-free. Sandy, thank you for hanging on. Good evening. Hello. How are you? Good. What's uh, What's happening with you? Uh, I just want to know, it's from my uh, daughter. Um, she's, got, she's working for a company, and uh, they're closing May 17th, and she got about a, a two-month notice for that. Right. Um, is she entitled to any sufferings for that? Sandy, how long has your daughter worked there for? She's worked there for about two years. And what kind of a job, and how old is your daughter? She's 19. Yep. And uh, it's a retail it's, so, it's not rehearsed. Okay. So, yes, two months is pretty much what she was owed. So if she was let go today, for example, with no notice, they would have to pay her two months severance. Because they give her the two uh, months notice, that is that stands instead of the severance. So two months for her would be appropriate, given the fact, obviously, she's, she's young and it's not a senior position. Uh, two months is exactly what I would have assessed her at. Uh, and because of that, Sandy, at the end of the two-month period, they would not actually owe her any additional compensation, any additional severance. Oh, okay. That's what I just wanted to double-check to make sure. Absolutely. Very important. And in many listen, if you if she had worked there for five years, for example, then she would have still been owed a few months' pay at, at the end of that two-month period. Because she's been there for two years, because she's uh, fairly young, then two months is really all she'd be owed in, in this particular situation. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Sandy. Enjoy the rest of your uh, your evening. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cells. We line up a, a few more calls here. Going to bounce over to an email. We got this one from Daniela. And this goes back to like season one of the Employment <laughs> Hour. It's great. Can Lior explain why there's such a big difference between what the severance calculator says and what the old dun, 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 Ministry of Labor tells her? So uh, she, of course, is referring to severancepaycalculator.com, the tool you yep. go to if you lose your job. And when you use the severancepaycalculator.com uh, website, you can do that now, you're going to find out your full entitlements. And that's mm-hmm. the key here. When you call the Ministry of Labor, when you go on the Ministry of Labor's website, you're going to only get information with respect to your minimum entitlements. Unfortunately, the Ministry of Labor misleads you because they don't tell you what your full entitlements are. And who cares what your minimum entitlements are? You care what you're fully owed, what your total amount owed. That is why the severancecalculator.com website is helpful. That's why it's there. That's why it's important to use it. And that's why there's such a big difference between what the severance calculator website shows you and what the Ministry of Labor tells you. So if you work for a company for three years, for example, you're going to call the Ministry of Labor saying, I lost my job. They'll tell you you're owed three weeks pay. That's nonsense. Three weeks pay may be your full, uh, sorry, your, your minimum entitlements. Your full entitlements could be six months pay. Yeah. Severancepaycalculator.com. That's why there's such a difference. What happens if someone opens up a file with the uh, Ministry of Labor in that regard? I literally just got an email uh, over the break we had 20 minutes ago from someone that said they filed a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. John, if you file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor because you don't know any better, you think that the Ministry of Labor can help you if you lost your job, by doing that, just by filing the complaint, you give up your rights. You give up your ability to, to pursue your rights. In fact, unless you withdraw that complaint within two weeks... You cannot withdraw it, and you cannot pursue your full entitlements. It's a very bad situation to be in. So if you lost your job, you cannot go to the Ministry of Labor. 
You can go to the Ministry of Labor for other things. I've even referred people to the Ministry of Labor during this show. Overtime issues, vacation pay issues, Mm -hmm. unpaid wages. Not if you lose your job. For that, you call me, you email me, you go to severancepaycalculator.com, anything but the Ministry of Labor. Let's grab another phone call as we uh, wander in here. Uh, Matt, how are you, pal? Not too bad. You guys? Good. What's, uh, What's going on with you? Yeah, so I just wanted to get a bit of advice. So basically, I was recruited over by a company. Um, started with the new company about seven months ago. Um, I'm basically I'm in sales, so I'm a, I'm a bit of a top performer type of sales guy. Um, then I had a disagreement with my higher up, and I was essentially fired on the spot. So I'm just wondering what exactly are my rights in that type of situation? Because I know it gets convoluted because I was recruited over. Yeah. So, so you were recruited. You didn't necessarily apply for a job. Exactly. And, and how long did you work with the previous company? Over five years. Okay, and, and how old are you, Matt? I am 34. So here's the thing. If, in fact, you were recruited and you can establish that they came after you, you didn't necessarily go after them to try to get a job, then when they let you go, and they do have a right to let you go, they would have to account, in this case, for the, uh, the service you had with the previous company for the five years. So instead of being a seven-month employee, you could be a five-year and seven-month employee. So right. that means your severance entitlements could be substantial. You could be owed seven, eight, nine months pay instead of what you would owe, you'd be owed if you're only a seven-month uh, employee. Now, we would want to take a very close look at your employment agreement. We want to see mm-hmm. if there's nothing in that employment agreement that changes the analysis, that, that allows them to let you go with, uh, without severance or with minimal severance. So what I want you to do, Matt, is I want you to reach out to me when we're off air. I want you to send me a copy of the employment agreement that you signed, a termination letter that they gave you, and I want us, you, uh, you and I to, to sit down and talk about this so that I can assess your entitlements uh, substantially. Now, what did they offer you? Uh, they gave me one week's pay. Well, oh. then the, you could be owed a lot more than that, okay? Could yeah. could be easily seven, eight months pay here. So yeah. you and I need to connect as soon as possible. Uh, reach out to me, and then we'll do that. Matt, appreciate the call again. one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior uh, moving forward, which you should rather quickly. Uh, Lisa, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? Excellent. What's uh, what's going on with you tonight? Um, yes, I work for a dental office, and... The previous owner, owned. I was working with the dentist for three years. The dentist I work for now just bought the practice in January of this year. Um, I just got a note from my doctor for stress leave, and the dentist just wants to lay me off instead of giving me stress leave and coming back. Is he talking about a temporary layoff or just a permanent layoff? Permanent layoff. Well, first of all, that that is illegal. If you're about to go off on a medical leave and his answer is, I'm just going to let you go, that is a human rights violation. He can't do that. He can't lay you off because you need to go off on a disability leave. That's illegal, irrespective of severance, okay? Now, beyond that, has he said anything in terms of severance, how much he's going to pay you? He's never mentioned severance at all. Well, remember... When he bought the business and you continued working for him, he inherited your service. And I think you said you had three years with the previous uh, company, previous uh, dentist? Yeah. Yeah. So you're a three-plus-year employee. And and how old are you, Lisa? I'm 39. So you could easily be owed about four months' pay. Now, that's before we even talked about the human rights issue. So you're owed four months on the severance front. Potentially, this is a human rights violation as well. So I would tell your boss, uh, I'm assuming that's what you wanted. No, you want to come back when you're clear to return to work. If he still proceeds to let you go, 
I, I've just told you, he's done something very wrong and very illegal. You need to call me as soon as possible if that happens. Okay. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate it. And here is that number again, one 821 5900 and help at com. They just, you know, you got to keep them straight in line, man, these employers. And employees, you know, for that matter. I know you defend a lot of employers as well, but you got to listen to the show. And mistakes will not be made if you do so, right? Absolutely. That's why we're here to educate everyone, employers and employees. The, the law is, is good. You need to understand the, what the law is. And for employers, there's no excuse not to take some time to educate yourself on your rights. If you're not sure what those are or your, or your obligations, at least, call me. If you're not sure, I'll help you out. And it's like you said, as we wrap here, I mean, we've, you know, before it's too late, we had a call, I believe, the other night, and a gentleman was older, and he was he was off the mark and denied, and it was too late to pursue, what was it, about $160,000? Yeah, I, I know. You, you and I were talking about that earlier today. What a, what a terrible oh. situation. I had to break the news to him live on air. Don't yeah. let that happen to you. And remember, I always say this, you know, we, you know how they say friends don't let friends uh, drive drunk? Well, That's friends right. don't let friends sign off on a severance offer, at least without going to severance pay calculus. Good way to wrap it up. Back here to uh, Wednesday, rather, at this time, 7 o'clock. The weekend shows and, of course, Employment Hour in 30 on Global TV and CTV on the weekend mornings as well. You'll want to reach out, help at employmenthour.com, severancepaycalculator.com, uh, and one 821 5900 on Global News Radio.